Hey, what's up, everybody? We are live. McGuire Entertainment Group, Facebook Live, YouTube, McGuire ENT, and also on your podcast. Welcome to the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Two, and I'm with my brother from a different mother, Pastor <laughs> Gil Monroe, 67 Precinct Clergy Council, also pastor of the Mount Zion, Seventh-day Church of God. This is it. We are here to talk about the image of man. Here we go. The anchored voice. Yes. Sounding good. Coming back into your feed. (laughs) We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the anchor. Welcome to the anchored voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Two. Welcome to the program. All right, everybody, we are here. We are live uh, right here on McLean Entertainment Group. This is the Anchored Voice, helping men to anchor life. And we want to welcome you to the program. Um, here once again with Pastor Gil Munros, we are here to talk about the image of man, the image of man, man. We, we've got problems because of the images that are out there, uh, of, of what people perceive and what people think, mm-hmm. um, especially a black man is. So, uh, Pastor Gil, I'm just going to give you an opportunity to start us off and, and talk about those images. Yeah, so thank you so much, Dr. Phil. Uh, two, uh, new and improved. Um, good to be on, good to be on stream here for the first time, I guess. There's a first for everything. Um, so yeah, in the image of God, when we see one another, what do we see? And I think that God was very intentional when he started creation, right? Very intentional. Like everything that he created was intentional. And I think that that males, um, especially men, has a specific role um, in our community, in our society, in the home, um, having 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 a man um, like in the home is is really like a perfect fit of having like having Adam in the garden. It's like when you have uh, things to to run, things to do, um, to need order, to set an order. Normally, the the, the male figure uh, helps with that very much. So, uh, putting things in order. And so very important uh, to to this conversation is just understanding that God created us in the sense that uh, we we are here uh, to be able to to, um, just be the the leaders of our community, the leaders of our homes. And I think that's so important to understand when we talk about the male figure um, in this society. Let's talk about what you do in your community with the 67 Precinct Clergy Council. Now, mm-hmm. um, I, I feel like I'm still a member. I am still you, a you're member. You're still a member. Definitely. Uh, still a member. We got you covered. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, a lot of what we did on the streets was to curb violence, curb uh, gun violence, especially gang mm-hmm. violence in our community, um, and to also dispel a lot of the stereotypes uh, right. Tell us about what, what's going on with 67 Precinct Clergy Council now. Yeah, so the 67 Precinct Clergy Council is in the confines of 
Okay. Uh, we got pause for a minute. Let's try to bring him back here. Um, okay. We are going to bring him back. All right. Now I'm live with uh, Pastor Munros, and we'll have to bring him back on in just a minute. And let's see, you know, we'll we'll get him back on. All right, here he is. All right, this is uh, the anchored voice helping men to anchor life, and we have Pastor Monroe. I'm, I'm in the, I'm in the six seventh man, so our internet is unstable, <laughs> Wi-Fi is unstable. I don't know what's going on. Yesterday we had um, um, we had uh, T-Mobile out, we had Verizon out, so uh, y'all just pray for us that we get stable connection. I heard about T-Mobile. I heard yeah. about T-Mobile. So, so y'all, y'all pray for my stable, my stability in in this Wi-Fi. I am, I am mobile, and so I'm not in my normal location. So I'm just popping up doing this interview. So oh, hopefully, God's going to see us through this one. It is all good. This is the live version, and we do edit. Uh, oh yeah. So when we put it back <laughs> out, you know, we have all these little kinks. Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. But we want to thank everybody for um tuning in to the Anchored Voice. This is a podcast helping men to anchor life. I'm with Pastor Gil Munrose. He's with the 6-7 Priest and Clergy Council. And uh, he's just going to describe what he does uh, with the 6-7 Priest and Clergy Council and helping uh, to curb violence in the community. So, so yeah, so I was saying that um, in the 6-7 Priest in, in Brooklyn, New York, um, you know, the, the the demographics, of course, is, is um, it's predominantly... African American, Afro Caribbean, um, now starting to have some gentrification happening um, in in our community. But one of the things that we do with the God Squad is that we're a group of clergy members who decided that listen, we we want to respond to every um, shooting. We don't want one shooting to go unanswered. And the way that you do that is that the church always have to be present um, in this community. What we have learned through COVID nineteen too as well is that if your church have been closed for over 100 days and no one in your community have called you to say that they miss you, then your church really was not effective. And so the, the concept is that we have to be um, have street engagement. Having street engagement doesn't mean that that you're not sophisticated, right? But, but you need to understand that what Jesus has called us to do is that you have to touch people, being a salt and light. What's the concept of salt, right? So... In Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus was speaking about um, the idea of being salt and light, salt, the only way that salt could be effective, it must touch food. The only way that salt could be used, right. you can have salt all you want, right? And you can put it next to your meat. You could have this big barbecue that you're doing. And you take your salt and you put it next to the meat, and then you never touch the meat with the salt. It will never be effective. So being the salt of the world means that we're here to preserve, be preservers, and how do you preserve something? You have to rub on the rub. You know, you have to have the meat. You have to put the salt on. Uh, whether you 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 dry salt something to salt it to to, to for it to be um, maintain its its savor. Mm -hmm. Salt is so important, and the importance of salt is that it must touch uh, with the meat. So our job and our responsibility is to make sure that we are in touch with our community by going out and dealing with them on the ground. So that's some of the things that we do in the confines of the six seven. And, you know, uh, one of the themes I've had uh, a few years ago was Salt Life. And that's been pretty much my yeah. mantra is, uh, is yeah, Salt, yeah, salt yeah. Life Ministries and being able to add flavor mm -hmm. wherever we go. And, and right. you know, I can say that 
what I've learned from you and our team in Brooklyn is mm -hmm. I've been able to take that same concept to Rhode Island, take it to DC, you know, and, and still mm -hmm. be able to function that way. It's only because, you know, we have to be present in our own community. Now we're talking about the image of man, you know, the image of man and the image of a man, you know, now God created us in his own image, but it, it, you know, we have a different mirror reflection when it comes to our society right. today. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I was able to preach the other day in front right. of uh, George Floyd's memorial in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, you know, yes. I didn't even know it was there until I got on the scene and said, OK, this is going to wow. be the perfect spot. And, um, you know, now he has become the image. He's not a martyr. You know, let me make this clear to everybody. He is not a martyr. A martyr mm -hmm. is somebody who gives up their life right. uh, for a cause. He was murdered. Right. He was murdered. His life was taken. And he becomes symbolic of other uh, black men and black women who are murdered just because of the color of their skin. And, um, you know, that becomes he becomes now the image for all. He becomes the catalyst for all. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is an image problem. Yes. And, and we, we can't be um, looked at as black men who is violent. Um, you know, you, you can't uh, weaponize our blackness. Um, when you're talking about uh, being made in the image of God, um, when you look at us, we should see the image of God. It's like, how could a child of God kill a child of God? And, and, and those things have always been ringing in my mind. And I think that bad theology is killing us. When you look at the fact that um, when you could look at the Bible and then you can decide that from the word of God that we are less than human being or we're less than a particular race or race is superior to one another, to, to someone else, that is bad theology. And I think that the evangelicals or white brothers and sisters, even black theologian has to get back to the word of God that speaks to us as as individuals of, in the image of God. As I started off earlier, as I said, is that God intentionally created mankind. And when he created us, it was to, to, to have order. And when you don't have order in a society, you have chaos. And so what we see happening right now, there's chaos. Chaos in New York City. Um, you know, the, 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 the leaders, the mayor is saying one thing, the governor is saying something else. Local leaders are saying that they want to cut open locks to get in the park for the children to to ride the bike and to be outside. The mayor is saying that it's, it's, it's dangerous to have people gathering more than six feet. You know, it's like we are war with, with ourselves. So God right. put structure in place and having mankind run the garden gives us the idea that when you look at the image, especially of a black man, it's an idea of order and not just being threatened that we are criminals. And so we have to switch that, that, that notion and I think that especially with Christians, people who believe in the word of God, how do we get to that place theologically speaking that one race is, is, is over another race? I just don't get that. I think it starts with the conversations. Um, yeah. And we're hearing a lot of our uh, white brethren say some stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, they don't know what they're saying most times now. Right. You know, most some do, some do, some are very mm -hmm. sensitive and very supportive, but some don't know exactly what to say or how to say it right. without being offensive. And mm -hmm. but 
it needs to be said and it needs yeah. to be exposed. Now, sure. you know, again, you know, and we have to really be the ones to say, hey, listen, that mm -hmm. is really insensitive. And let me, yeah. let me let you know why it's insensitive. Let me know why your thinking is not the perspective that you should right. be. Right. You know, let me help you through this process here and, and give you a better picture. Right. Um, and, and in this case, it is not appropriate to bring up black on black crime. You know, we are on it. You know, if somebody said, well, you know, why aren't y'all protesting against black on black crime? And why are we doing it? I said, hold on, man. Listen, if, if you know the 67 precinct clergy council, you know, mm -hmm. we fight crime of all order. Yeah. Right? We're on the streets constantly praying for people constantly. But this is not the issue. Right. You know, the, the issue right now, we, yeah, we, we deal with black on black crime. We deal with all kind of crime. It doesn't, but you cannot throw in black on black crime as a, as a way to get away from the perspective that we're talking about, you know? Right. And, and so when we're talking about the image, well, you know, black people are shooting. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, listen, you, you're in a community that deals with gangs and, and, you know, right now the gangs talk a lot of stuff to each other, but they, yeah. they, they're not so for the cause media. right now, you know, so, they're social media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, through social media, they get mad at each other for what they said on social media. Yeah. Where are the gangs now? Gangs ain't saying nothing now. They mm -hmm. are not showing up on the scene for no cause, no right cause, nothing that helps their community, yeah. nothing that helps their territory. Because guess what? A white cop can come on a gang territory, go kill one of their people, and they won't say anything. They will go to another young black man and shoot him dead in the middle of the street. So yes, we do have that. No, and, and I think too as well, uh, Dr. Phil, you're right. And I think that the, uh, uh, normally when you talk about um, black and black crime, I want people to understand what we're saying, okay? I don't use the term because people commit crime where they live. People come, people don't leave one neighborhood and commit crime in right. Texas. I'm talking about where you live is where you commit the crime. So if you live in around uh, blacks, you're going to commit crime around blacks. If you're living around whites, you're going to commit crime among whites. And if you look at it nationally speaking, it's high in the white community. And I'll explain um, about that. Number one, um, black on black crime is one thing. But don't forget that normally people who kill other black people and they're black, the justice system punish them. That's the difference. They go to jail. The, 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 they go to jail for 50 years. They go to jail for life for murdering individuals. That's right. What we're saying is that when you take a black life and you get no punishment whatsoever, uh, no one ever is held accountable for killing a black individual if you're part of the police department. That is the problem. Even, even if you look at um, Trevon Martin case as well, and certain cases, uh, you, a black life should matter. So that's the difference between black on black, which I'm not using the term, but black on black crime. For those of you out there who's talking about black on black crime, they don't get off. They go to jail. The criminal justice system punish them to the greatest extent of the law. So you have two lives that are lost. You have the life of, of, um, of, of the person who have died and you have the life of the person who have done the killing. The other thing that I would say is that, have you ever gone to like a cancer uh, fundraiser and then you get up there, people are raising money for breast cancer. And then all in the middle of the, the, um, of the event, you say, whoa, 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 whoa. Why aren't we doing stuff around 
um, high blood pressure. Yeah. Why are we not raising money for high blood pressure? <laughs> no, because they're raising money for breast cancer. Absolutely. You, you don't tell the people who are raising money for breast can for cancer that they need to shut down their operation because, well, we all have different forms of cancer. You have lung cancer, you have prostate cancer. No, when you're talking about breast cancer and you're raising money and you have a walk for breast cancer, people don't say, well, no, we're not walking for breast cancer today. No, you are walking for breast cancer because that's the issue. Same thing that I say to individuals too as well. If you're dealing with police brutality, you have to deal with police brutality. You if you deal it. with police misconduct, you have to deal with police misconduct. When you're dealing with black and black crime, you're dealing with black and black crime. Absolutely. Absolutely. You got to deal with the you matter at hand. Mm -hmm. and, and Jesus many times said, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed yeah. are... And he, he broke it down to who he's speaking to. Mm -hmm. um, he has been anointed to bring good tidings to the poor, yes, sir. to the brokenhearted, right, to the prisoners. And, and so God speaks specifically to different individuals in different contexts. Please, we've got to stop talking about, well, what about black on black? And listen, if you're on the fight, if you're on the fight against crime, you're mm -hmm. on the fight against crime no matter what the context is. Right. You're always addressing a criminal activity. We would not want to see a black um, criminalize a white person either. You know, we, right. we would not want to see. We're just tired of seeing young black men shot dead That's it. at a Wendy's parking lot for sleeping in his car, whether he was drunk or not. I mean, we, we have that case in Atlanta, you yeah. know, and the perspective there is they patted the man down. And realize he's not does not have a gun. He's not right. a threat. You've confirmed that. So right. why are you shooting a man that you have confirmed that is not armed? So that's the other perspective. The, the perspective yeah. in their mind was they can shoot him down. They can tase him and shoot him dead and still get away with it. Well, I, I look at it differently. Not, not that they can get away with it. Right. Uh -huh. Because in their mind. You have to understand that when they see him, they're seeing him in a different light than when they see a white person. Right. Because in some communities, you'll just get really and truly, hey, you need to go home. If I'm drunk um, and I'm not driving, that's not a crime, right? But if you're driving, you get a ticket. Yes. But he said, he was saying, like, you know, I had some stuff to drink. The guy want to know, like, what you had to drink. The point is that, listen, the guy is drunk. He's not in his car. You can do a couple of things. You can say, listen, you got to catch an Uber home. You're not going to move that car. Or we're going to drop you home or we're going to do whatever the case is. But it, what we're saying is that infraction like these should never lead to someone losing their lives. That's it. That's it. This is not like hard science. Like It's really about humanity. And it's really about understanding that we're in the image of God. And so if you come up to a child of God and you are a child of God, and that person is drunk. You just you just talked about the fact of what Jesus said. And that person is hungry. You have to give that person something to eat. So the idea is that when you see me, I don't want you to see me as just being a black person and a black male and that you're scared of me and you're fearing for your life. I want you to see me just as any other white individual or another color that is not black and you're not totally scared for your life. Treat me the same way that you would want me to treat you. Treat me the same way that you're treating others. That's it. That's all we're saying. So the idea of having a taser gun 
and the person is running away, you can allow him to run away. I think ego is bruised. You know, two police officers try to hold on this guy. He got out. He started to run. You start to run after him. You have your gun. What do you decide to do? Um, you decide to, to, to kill him. What are you, people think that, you know, um, the taser gun was a weapon. Yes, the taser is a weapon. But the police officers know themselves that a taser gun is not going to kill you. Like, um, you know, um, and you need to be a certain, you know, space from individuals. You could really like say, okay, you're going to run. We're going to still catch you. I'm going to call for backup. I'm not trying to relive the, the thing, but I'm saying that small infractions for us should not lead to death. Because in the that's image of God, as a man, yeah, you should, we shouldn't be dying like this at all in the streets. Yeah, I mean, at, at best, I mean, going to George Floyd's case, going to the Atlanta case, mm -hmm. all of those are just ticket, death ticket at most, infractions. <laughs> Right. Those are like, hey, I'm going to write you a ticket. Here, you got to show yeah. up to this court yeah. and fight this ticket. Even if it's a nonsense ticket. And trust me, we've had plenty of nonsense tickets. Right. right? We've seen our brother get nonsense ticket, you know. And, and mm -hmm. so we, we understand, that, you know, some of these are just ticket, you know, desk ticket. Go show up to the court. Go fight this. Blah, blah, blah. But now you're talking about, OK, well, we're going to turn this from a ticket to a gunfight and there's no guns except yours. Yeah. And, um, you know, we can relive most cases and most cases are not to escalate. You have cops showing up to um, people's houses and and mm. misusing the law and 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 running in and, you know, shooting in. And the only way I see us really making that change and and I'm again, we're not against police officers. We're not, a police not against cops. However, we are against policies that don't hold them accountable. You just and need so, accountability. That's it. Um, pension is is one issue we're going to have to fight. You know, some of the some of them have gotten arrested, but they still keep their pension. You mm -hmm. know, whereas a black man goes to jail, comes out, he has nothing, can't mm -hmm. even get another job. And, so, and that's, the, that's the difference between black and black crime, quote unquote, is that, you know, you, you are scarred for life. So people who kill the black lives, so the black lives have to matter on both yes. ends. Yes. And just the criminal justice system is another thing that we need to keep our eyes on, too. There's a lot of laws that are being passed, but I don't think that you can legislate your way out of hatred and misunderstanding of one another. Yeah. Yeah, it has to be uh, uh, several ways. It has to be really uh, opening up, you know, unpeeling that onion, yep. <laughs> unpeeling that, that onion, having those tears run out and, you know, really dicing that onion, too, because yes. um, this is going to take a long process because now, you know, people have seen the image of man hanging mm. from a tree. Now we're having more people hanging from trees lately. You know, the lynching is trying to come back. And, and it's because evil is angry. Evil is angry. Evil knows mm -hmm. that its time is short. So evil is coming at uh, all different angles. And, right. and, you know, what humanity has to realize that injustice to any human is injustice to every human. And um, when you start to understand that, you know, you don't just look at it as a black and white issue. Right. You start looking at it as a human issue. Like, man, mm -hmm. another human got shot down for what? And, and you have these people online. Now they're trying to go into people's past. No, the, the past is not included. The, the person does not have an opportunity to go to court to fight their past. So why are you bringing up their past now? 
not, not only that, though, um, we have to understand that when you talk about being black in America, especially a male, um, from the construct of understanding the biblical model of a man, made in the image of God, meaning to say, not that we have, God has two eyes, nose, two ears, in the image meaning that um, we have the ability to create, we have the ability to think, we have the ability to make things come together. We have the ability to procreate, but that's, that's, the, that's in the image of God. Yes. We have the ability to give life, but one of the things that we're not given the right to do is to take lives. And so that's so important in understanding the narrative of how we, uh, how we need to, to look at ourselves as human beings, especially men. Now, when you have a system that is set up from the beginning to allow you to fall into traps, like, for instance, you ride your bike on the sidewalk, you get a ticket. You don't pay the ticket, you figure out about it, it becomes an open warrant. Then the open warrant, when you get pulled over again, that's why you know you, you always ask for ID, you get locked up and you go into jail. That's one charge against you. So, so these things, it's not just a, I want people to understand that this is not just a cut and dry situation. These are systems that we have to overturn. These are demonic democracy outcomes that we have for years that laws have been acting in place. It will take us years in order to reverse a lot of these laws. This thing is ingrained. When you look at the boardrooms, when you look at Congress, I think right now in Congress, you should serve 12 years and you need to get out. Like you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in Congress for 20 and 40 and 30 years. You should be 12 years and then you're out. Because what we need is that we need to turn around because the longer that people stay in these institutions, the institutionalized um, segregation, racism, science and forms of oppression in our people. Right. So, so we have to really get to a place uh, where we look, as, look at us as an equal partner yes, of right. justice, of mercy and love. So don't execute us on a sidewalk or in the street. And, and then show our record. What about the change and the transformation that, that we have been talking about with Jesus and talking about the fact that when people come into the faith, we have had checkered past, but that don't mean that our past is going to say that here we are, we are criminal and therefore kill us. So, so I, I, would, I would push back against anyone who brings up someone um, past. So if you bring up that person past, then bring up the police officer past too as well. And let's see how that match up. And I believe that that is going to become an issue as well, is yep. that the release of officers past. Um, and, and really, it should start from police academy. I mean, I, I saw one that was rejected from the police academy just because of um, their actions throughout. But that has to be consistent, not just for a black man, but it has to be consistent throughout because if mm -hmm. you're showing any signs of racism, even through police academy, there, right. there has to be a way to sift those out. That's just one way. But again, once an officer knows that by acting uh, racist, acting um, abusive, and practicing brutality, you lose your pension, not just your job. You mm -hmm. lose everything that comes with the job. Right. And I believe the the uh, consequences have to mm -hmm. become more severe in order for them to think twice. Because, again, what is a, a, a police officer thinking when a white man is doing the same thing? He's I'm thinking, right. let me not let me not make this an issue 
because this other side could become an issue. Right. Well, it needs to be the same way. Yes. Uh, treat a black man fairly. Listen, if it's a ticket, it's a ticket. You know, if it's um, if it's drunken driving, arrested as the the law states it should be. But if you're taking it above that, severe consequences has to be given in order to make a point. Um, that's just one way. Right. One way to help them think differently. One way to say, you know what? This black man right here is a person. This is a human. Let me treat them with respect. Now, again, this is no disrespect to any other officer that does their job well. Uh, we know there are plenty. And I think officers, y'all need to know, if you're watching this, <laughs> you all need to know what we're really talking about. Yeah. You know, don't get it twisted. Don't get into your feelings because we've been in the front lines with you. We've been in the front lines praying for you. We've been in the front lines and standing by your side when there was major issues. So uh, the police officer is watching me now, watching you now. They should also know we've been in the trenches with our police departments. That yep. is not the issue that we're talking about. We're talking about policies. We're talking about systems. We're talking about systems where another uh, maybe um, a rookie or uh, a, 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 you know, a police officer that is working with another one and, and sees something inappropriate can say something and mm -hmm. can intervene and save a life without worrying about their own career and without worrying about their status with their, right. with their colleagues. So I, I think this system really has to be addressed in so many ways, but police officers should not be taking this podcast um, offensively uh, if you're the one that's doing your job correctly. Not at all. Uh, we're, we're talking about the ones um, talking about a system, not just about individual cops. We're talking about a system of brutality, uh, how you see us, mm -hmm. how we see you. I mean, you know, it's it's it, well, let's take a, the next few minutes um, and just talk about what should we tell our our youth, our young people, because, you know, with all of this going on in the news and they're saying, well, police are doing this. It could really strike fear the next time they see a police officer. Um, now you have two sides. You have the young men who have never experienced brutality, who have never experienced racism, who, you know, you have a young black man and you're trying to explain this to them. They've never experienced that. You know, maybe they've been shielded. Maybe, you know, me as a, as a father, I've tried to shield my children uh -huh. as, as best as I can, but I still explain what is going on. So in your perspective, how do we advise our young people? Well, listen, I, first of all, teach them who they are, number one. It's very important from the biblical framework that, that they are wonderfully and fearfully made, fearfully and wonderfully made in the image and likeness of God, that they are God, what Paul says, right? That they could create, that, that you uh, love them and that you, you care for them. Mm -hmm. um, we also have to let them know that everything that they see on television has to come through a filter. And so I think that men, especially fathers, need to really talk to their sons about what life means being a black person living in America. And then talk to them about the fact that you have to judge people, everyone based on their character and the con and not just by the context in which uniform that they have. Um, and that, that's important too as well. And, and then you also then have to give them real life experience that you have to literally, when you are in the counter with a police officer, 
after you talk to them while you're talking to the officer and have the officer talk to them as well so that they know exactly um, here is how you are expected to be treated. Um, so, so there is so many different areas that we have to teach our young men. And I think that it's a lot of stress on us because there is no other race that is tasked to teach their young boys how to deal with professional police officers. I think that's the police officer's job, but we have to do that. that that's not right. I mean, how to put your hands, take the key out of the car, um, how to turn on the lights when you get pulled over. Now, I saw a video of a father teaching his young men, like if someone has their knee on your neck, how to calm down and breathe. That is unfair for a race of people to learn how to deal with professionals. We can't be professionals. I mean, normally your reaction is that if you know that you did nothing wrong and someone is just pulling you over and saying that they're going to arrest you because of the color of your skin, it agitates you. It takes away your humanity. It 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 it, it strips you of your manhood. Right. And and I think that we have to uh, continue to discuss this uh, with our sons. Uh, give them the practical experience that they needed. But again, I think also too that it is unfair for us as a race of individual people to be teaching our children how to deal professionally as a professional. Someone call it a professional detainee. Like you have to learn how to. And I don't think that we should, again, be in that position um, as someone who is created in the image of God. So teach your children, talk to them, give them the life experience, and hopefully one day, brothers and sisters, it is going to get better for us. We are hoping so. Absolutely. And uh, it's really just education at this point. Mm -hmm. um, you know, looking at the movie Central Park Five and, you know, the way they see us. Right. Yes. Uh, when when we look at that could have been me, you know, at yeah. that time. Could be and, all of them. Uh, and I'm here just by the grace of God, because there's so many instances. All of these stories could have been me growing up yeah. in New York, uh, taking public transportation, hanging mm -hmm. out with friends and, uh, you know, being even in situations where it was questionable, you know, <laughs> where I could have been arrested or I was arrested, um, you know, in, in some instances, when I look at my life and things that I've dealt with as a young black man, um, I, I'm here by the grace of God. I mean, Only by his grace. my life could have gone totally another way. So I'm here. And, and so it's just to educate, um, uh, educate others to say, hey, listen, you know, uh, I've got a son and I and I've got to speak to him and educate him about what's happening in this world and mm -hmm. what he needs to look out for and how he can be his best self. But right. at the end of the day, once they go out there, once they take the train, once they take the bus, once they go to school. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just left up to them to, you know, you're praying, you're praying differently. Yep. You are praying differently. And so uh, I agree with everything you're saying about just, um, you know, explaining who they are. I think that's important. I think, Very uh, and I challenge the church, you know, I've said this before on other broadcasts. I challenge the church, start changing the image of God in church. <laughs> you know, it's time we get um, a diversity of characters when yeah. we pray. When we print the bulletin, when we print the the Bible studies, you know, we all know that all the prophets were not white. We all know 
that all the characters, all the angels, <laughs> you right. know, I mean, you couldn't throw me one black angel in there. I mean, you know, give me some brown, black, white, you know, angels. Give me a diverse. And I, th- I challenge the church, you know, to mm-hmm. really be think intentional. You really want to show us be intentional on the image of God that you display. I mean, um, part of the Seventh-day Adventist Church, we're a worldwide organization. Um, we are in almost every single country there is, you know, um, except for certain countries that just have banned Christianity altogether. But, you know, you've got to represent your church. <laughs> you've got to represent your people down to, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. The image we're talking about, if we were to be like good times and put on black Jesus, you know, in, instead of the, the white Jesus, there would be a problem. There would be even a problem amongst, um, of others, you know, of others in our, you know, even in the black community, <laughs> there would be a problem. We've been so systematically trained that, oh, uh, no, the Jesus got to be white. And if you change him to being black, there's going to be a problem. Right. I'm saying the image of God, the image of the Bible has to be changed from the top to the bottom. That's We've right. got to see a diverse, uh, really? you know, you, you, when you show that to Last Supper picture, the, you know, <laughs> it needs to be different. Put okay? some brothers in the room, right? Yeah, put some brothers in the room. We all know. And don't make the brother Judas either. Don't right. make the brother the, the one token that you make him Judas. No, no, no. Even in a in a in a black liberated Jesus, you know. Um, and and I think that image is so important. So when you don't see yourself, you know, in 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 pictures, when you can't you, you know, you, you're on a subway and you watch a, a, a brother, you walk in the hood and you look at the brother in the eyes. It's a sign of disrespect in America. But in Africa and other places, it's a sign of respect. Like, you know, you, you're talking to someone and we tell our children that if you're going for an interview and you're shaking someone's hand, you got to give them a firm handshake That's right. and you got to look them squarely in the eyes. Uh, because you what any time that you put your, your, your head down, it's like, you know, you, you're inferior. They want you, so you have to shake that person's hand and you have to look them dead in their eyes that's right straight in their eyes so so we we have to to make sure that we teach that too as well it's a sign of power sign of prestige and authority and, and that's what we also need to make sure that we we teach um our young men to do looking dead in the eyes right you got you got to come with that power and that prestige uh so no one can change the way that you look and the bible needs to display that and we need to tell Tell that in our Bible story. So yeah, put some brothers in 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 the uh, the last of the picture, please. Yeah, absolutely. I remember uh, getting the African uh, Heritage Bible back in the day, <laughs> and you know they changed all the characters to black, and some people had a problem with that. I had no problem with that. I needed to see Abraham looking like me. I needed to see Moses looking like me. How would Moses get away being raised in Egypt um, under Pharaoh? and not be a black man you know it just didn't make sense how did pharaoh end up being a white man in ten commandments right you know i you know the image has to change and so how we see ourselves and and hey if we have to be the ones to produce uh the pictures that uh display the right thing hey it's it's up to us but we have to educate so what we're coming away with we have to educate about who we are 
Mm -hmm. uh, we have to, you know, show the goodness of our past, the greatness of mm -hmm. our past mm -hmm. um, and where we are. And um, until we get to that stage, so we're going to have to do education. We're going to have yep. to call for change. We're going to have to speak yep. loudly for change. Yep. And thirdly, call out and expose the stupidity. OK, mm -hmm. call it out. Black people, don't be embarrassed to say, listen, that, that wasn't right. Yeah. <laughs> the way you're thinking is not right. And that's why we are where we are. Right. Let me help you understand who I am and who we are and why you need to think differently. And right. you then you'll understand how this goes. But until then, we're going to be in this cycle. So we have to be stronger. I'm very happy that uh, more people are speaking up, speaking out. Mm -hmm. Um uh, I'm looking forward to, I see that Black Lives Matter uh, is now on Fulton Street in Brooklyn. Yeah, I saw and, that too. Uh, that's a good thing. Uh, we have it here in D.C. And uh, so we're, we're looking, I'm, I'm, I'm calling on Rhode Island to get this thing going. And uh, we want to see that. We want to make a point that Black Lives do matter. And that will be a theme no matter how long we have to say it. How, you know, I've had Black folk tell me, why are you so on this black thing so much? And, you know, you voted for Obama because he's black. And, you know, I, I you know, I've, I've had it all. I've heard, had everything said to me. I'm like, we're not finished. There is still more to go. Still more to still go. Still more to go. And, it, you know, again, I, you go to my heritage. I have a wide heritage from from Irish to European to African. So I, I'm I'm a lot of shades of everyone but i'm proud of who i am i'm proud to be half hispanic i'm proud to be black i'm proud to be who i am uh because that's what makes me mm -hmm. me and i will always proud be proud to be a black man in america mm -hmm. and i will embrace that and uh you know we'll we'll shout it to the rooftops black lives matter and it should always matter don't come to me and i've had we've had black preachers talk about all lives matter don't come to me all black lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's right. It needs to. Be, if you're going to say all lives matter, you're going to say all black lives matter because at the end of the day, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the systematic image of a man, and so black man has to be has to know that you are made in the image of God. You are blessed. You are special. Um, God has called you for such a time as this. Um, again, we are, we're not talking about a black man being better than anybody else. We're not talking about a white man being better than anybody mm -hmm. else. We are staking our claim in greatness. That is it. We are staking our claim in greatness and anybody that is opposed to that, we know right. we'll need to educate them on what this really means and how it should uh, be understood. We're going to close soon. Uh, any other advice you want to give us? Uh, about how we can better be involved in, and cause changes to our society? Um, you know, you, you got to uh, figure out how, how do I um, be present in my community? And, and I think that that's the thing that we're looking at. If, because churches are closed. If I'm, talk, I'm talking to black men in, in churches, churches are closed. If you're not in church and you're not in the streets, then you got to be at home. We don't want anyone on the sidelines. Um, everyone need to be out. We need all of God's army That's right. out uh, talking to people, 
uh, pull up a chair in a tent and put, you know, black talk or something like that. And, and you have some brothers sit down and you, you ask young brothers to come, hey, five minutes of your time, I'll give you some water, uh, some cookies or something like that, and let's talk for five minutes. So encourage them. So we need to make sure that, that, that brothers, we are off the sideline. If the churches are closed and you're not out there, that means that you're home. We don't need you there. We need you out. So my encouragement is that if you're going to mentor people now, uh, you don't have to only mentor people through Zoom. Um, you can mentor people in your neighborhood, any corner, crossroad of America. Uh, you pull up a table and a chair. I remember in New York City, if I could recall correctly, um, it would be like five cents so that you could have talked to this guy. And he was like out in, in Manhattan and he had a sign. And he said that I'll listen to your problem if you give me like five bucks or something like that. He was yeah. doing very well. People, I don't remember. You probably would remember what it was. Yeah, I, there was one in the train station and correctly. Uh, some Just listen to people. So we we should do that and find different ways. You know, call the phone, uh, call the hospitals and say, listen, I want to just pray with the whole team today. Just put the phone on speaker, and we want to pray with you. What you want to go down to the shelter? And now is the time. I know you have the social distancing, uh, but certain things can be done. But be a blessing to people. Get off from the sidelines and get into the fight because more than ever before, well, I tell you, the world needs salt and they surely do need light. Absolutely. Let's, let's be that salt life today. Thank you, everybody, for uh, joining us on the Anchored Voice. I'm your host, Dr. Phil Two. This is a subject called The Image of a Man. Uh, this is the Anchor Voice helping men to anchor life. I'm with mm -hmm. Pastor Gil Munrose of the 67 Precinct Clergy Council, also the Mount Zion Church of God um, uh, Church. And also what you want to do is check them out on all platforms. Uh, mm -hmm. You can find 67 Clergy Council um, um, anywhere on Instagram, on Facebook. Uh, check out the movement. Uh, yeah, I would say this. TikTok, TikTok, whatever that is. We're not oh, on yeah. TikTok yet. No, we're not not yet, not yet. TikTok is a different platform, you know, <laughs> and I'm not a dancer. So <laughs> I will say that 67 uh, Precinct Clergy Council is, if not the best, one of the best um, community uh, initiatives from a clergy standpoint I've ever seen in the world. OK, and I uh, want to thank you for your leadership. Uh, thank you for the changes you have made uh, through in the team. The, um, the team is my family, so um, I still get all the texts and I try to respond as much as I can, yeah. uh, but it's family to me and um, you have definitely made astronomical community changes uh, in Brooklyn and we look to see more people inspired uh, by what you're doing and uh, more clergy need to get involved, more clergy we sure. want to see you come out. We're tired of seeing the same faces over and over. We need more. Uh, we need more men. We need mm -hmm. more black men. We need more white men. We need more Hispanic men. We need more Asian men. We need more men on the fight. Uh, this is not a black and white thing. This is a human thing. Mm -hmm. We need everybody on board. So everybody get involved. Um, you can check us out on McGuireENT.com. You can nice. check out uh, this podcast. We're on Stitcher. We're on Podbean. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google. We're everywhere. 
We're everywhere we need to be. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, we'd love you to subscribe to our YouTube channel, McGuire ENTV. Right. And uh, we, we look forward to bringing more content to you each week. Each week we upload a brand new podcast. So this will be edited and then uploaded uh, on the audio version and also on YouTube. So we look yeah. forward to seeing everybody again. Thank you for watching the Anchored Voice. Okay. Thank you. Pastor Monroe's for all Thank that you. you do, all that you continue to do. May God bless you in your journey. Thank you, everybody, for watching. You've been a blessing to us. Thank you for your support. Um, you can also check out our T-shirts on McGuireENT.com. We have one called I Can't Breathe, and it has uh, several names on the back of the shirt. So you can go to McGuireENT.com and look for McGuireware. Um and we have some shirts. I'm wearing one of our shirts right now, created on purpose. Nice. So this shirt is created on purpose. We are created on purpose for a purpose. So uh, we we believe in God as creator, and um, we believe that he's created us to do something great. So that's what we're trying to do with this podcast, just do something great each week. Thank you, Pastor Monroe's, and thank you. thank you, everybody. God bless you in your journey. This is the Anchor. Thank you for listening to The Anchored Voice. For the video edition of this, subscribe to our YouTube channel, McGuire ENTV. For audio, listen on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Until next time, stay anchored.